In a previous episode of the podcast, we had a conversation with Alyssa Childers, author of the book Live Your Truth and Other Lies. Well, in this clip, we're talking about how Christians must not give in to the world's demands that we abandon our views in the name of tolerance. We'll dive deep into the dangerous bargain that the world is making with Christians, demanding that we affirm and celebrate anything and everything while labeling us as bigots and hateful for holding true to our beliefs. Discover the deceptions that are subtly luring Christians away from Christ and His teaching and see that as Christians, we must reject the fool's bargain being offered and stand firm in our beliefs. Listen to the full conversation at reasonabletheology.org slash your truth. Mentioned that so much of the conversation is, uh, I won't tell you what you're doing is wrong, and, and you won't tell me what I'm doing is wrong, and and that almost seems to be the bargain that we're, that the world is making, isn't it? It's just I don't want anyone tell me that I'm wrong, so let's make a deal. I won't mention that you're wrong either. Right, but as we all know, as every Christian in this culture knows, it actually doesn't work that way, and it's not really right. intellectually honest because what we see happen is in culture people aren't just satisfied to say, okay, you do you, I'll do me. There's a demand culturally that we affirm and celebrate what other people, anything right. somebody wants to believe, behave like, activity they want to engage in, or way they want to identify yep. themselves. So Christians are actually, it's its demanded of us that we actually celebrate and affirm these things, while at the same time, in the name of tolerance, the culture is saying to the Christian, you're a bigot, right. you're hateful, you're harmful, you're actually hurting people with your beliefs. So obviously, we, we can recognize the hypocrisy in it, that that kind of tolerance only goes one way. Um, but that might be another layer to the conversation that not, not only is it harmful to say you live your truth and I'll live mine, it doesn't work. And so right. what ends up happening is just the loudest voices win the day. The ones with the most power, the ones with the most influence get to kind of silence maybe those of us who have an opposing opinion and we aren't really allowed to disagree. And of course, we see this manifest in cancel culture and through a lot of the channels we see on social media. Right. It's it's a fool's bargain thinking that uh, I'll, you know, I'll just agree to endorse whatever they want, or at least tacitly not say anything against it, and then they'll, they'll let me be. They'll appreciate my worldview, my religion, my beliefs. Uh, nope, <laughs> you will right. be, you'll be, uh, it'll be demanded that you, you know, change your profile picture and wear the ribbon and the button and fly this that's flag right. and all those things. And that's it's the way it always goes. And so, uh, capitulation to the culture when it goes against. Christ and His Word is is not a path that's open to us as believers, and that's really what your book is getting at: is you're exposing these lies that really, uh, yes, the the secular worldview and in the culture around us uh, has as many challenges, many deceptions, and, and you're really focused on the ones that are are targeted and alluring for Christians themselves to believe. Is that right? Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, we're t- we talk in the book about a lot of the slogans we see in culture. These are things that are broadly accepted in society. But the reason I was interested in talking about some of these lies is because these are lies that a lot of Christians are buying into as well. And largely, these are coming into the church through progressive Christian channels. And um, of course, you know, progressive Christianity is a broad movement. There are you have just like in evangelicalism or in historic Christianity, you have your more intellectual progressive Christian 
musicians, you have your more lay level, you have your more popularizers. So this book is sort of hitting at those popularizers, the the right. social media moguls, the the self-helpish gurus. They're telling you how to live your life, telling you how to have your you know the most um, satisfying life now. But a lot of these messages really ultimately are leading you to worship yourself. Now that might sound like an exaggeration, but I'll give you an example. One of the most popular books of the past five years is a book called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And in you know, Glennon Doyle, if anyone's unfamiliar, was a former Christian mommy blogger. She had a very popular mommy blog for Christian moms, uh, ended up writing a bunch of books, going on Oprah, became wildly popular in culture to the point that she has celebrities like Adele and Reese Witherspoon singing her praises, saying this this books, you know, her books have changed my life. And in Untamed, she regularly conflates the word God with the self, which she also spells with a capital S. And wow. at the end of her book, I mean, if anyone thinks I'm exaggerating, at the end of her book, she asks herself a series of questions. And before she does that, she references God speaking to Moses through the burning bush saying, I am. And so she says, what are you, Glennon? And she answers all these different questions about her identity. And then at the end, she says, I am, I am, I am. And so, I mean, this is quite literally inviting people into the worship of themselves. And so I think this is is such obviously a counter, very counter to the Christian message, but it's also a very harmful one because as Christians, we know that we're sinners and we actually need to be fixed. We need to be reconciled to a holy God. So if we just dig down inside ourselves and unleash what's in there, we might be unleashing something that's going to really actually hurt and harm other people as well. Right. And not, not, I mean, that's the, the far end negative, which I think absolutely they'll run into and, and the um, maybe perceived as, as less negative, but it's not going to fulfill, you know, so yeah. that at, at best you will be empty and yes. unfulfilled and, and very likely at worst, it will be self-destructive. It'll be destructive to those around you because lies will not bring about God's blessing. It just is not going to happen. That's right. In my book, I have a, a little call out. I'm looking for it right now. I've got a copy on my lap here, but it's it's like how to be deceived in five easy steps. And the steps take you all the way through getting deceived. And then what that does is propel your life into darkness and chaos. But then the next step is that the lies convince you that darkness and chaos are good things. And I think that's yeah. where we see our world at is like people might think, well, I don't feel empty living in my sin. Well, you may not feel that way because you're maybe on the high of the sin or whatever it might be. But ultimately speaking, that's part of the thing is, is convincing you that these lies are actually good for you and are helpful in bringing wholeness to your life when in, in reality they're bringing spiritual devastation. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoy the Reasonable Theology podcast, go to reasonabletheology.org slash subscribe and get the weekly email. Each week I send out the latest article or podcast episode, and each email also includes a helpful definition to expand your theological vocabulary, a beautiful painting depicting a scene from scripture or church history, a musical selection to enrich your day, as well as the best book deal I've found that week to add trusted resources to your library. Try it out at reasonabletheology.org slash subscribe.